Well, at least it's uh, getting paid for kind of an easy day. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it's now I don't have to work this Friday, the 6th, so I can either get like an early uh, suicide squad in if I want or just have the day off to myself mm-hmm. or what have you. We're going camping the week after that, so just like more time to prep would be nice too. So mm-hmm. overall, it's, you know, it is what it is. Yes. That's my birthday. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Your birthday. Uh-huh. You guys going to see Suicide Squad? Yeah, Friday. I'll uh, be in Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Yep. So I have no idea what I'm going to be doing for my birthday. I'll be here living the bachelor life. Very exciting bachelor life. Working overtime and then probably just playing some video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll do stuff when she gets back. You finished Doom yet? No, I haven't even touched it in like a few weeks. Just zero time. Absolutely zero time for games. So that's probably what I'll do while, while she's away. It's it's not that Meg takes me away from video games. It's just that while we're both here and I get off work, it's like that's the opportunity to like watch shows and movies. And that's it's what okay, Tony. If you nonstop. want to say I take you away from video games, that's fine. My horrible wife. Mm-hmm. Just uh, sleep with one eye open tonight. It's depriving me of my <laughs> my sweet gaming life. Hey, Tony, can you uh, one eye open? open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know the Kool Aid Man was here. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, I guess we can get started if you guys are ready. Uh, sure. Whenever you are, sir. With that, welcome to the Getting Off Topic podcast, everybody. So that, that wasn't really exciting. After we griped about our working from, you know, on Sundays, whatever, we're all exhausted. <clears throat> hey, everybody, welcome to the Getting Off Topic podcast. <laughs> Shitty DJ sounds. <laughs> The kitty I'm talking about with with Tony and Murgatron and the Tardinator and Andrew and Andrew. <laughs> the one guy no one cares about Andrew I, I can't think of a nickname the shitty jock DJ with like jock radio DJ name for and, and the, the hot Drew, Drew. <laughs> the, the Drew <laughs> the Drew <laughs> the Drew okay terrific the drew it honestly you could say anything as long as you do use that voice yeah (laughs) yeah here we are yeah the a dude (laughs) (laughs) ah so here we are very energetic 30 somethings having (laughs) worked all day and uh and all week and uh now uh here to talk of our, our our geek shenanigans um uh what what have you guys been up to this week Uh, todd you uh playing anything new watching anything new what are you doing uh i picked up the ascent but i haven't played it yet um the ascent is a cyberpunky uh arpg kind of like in the the diablo vein but cyberpunky with guns and and shooting and uh that kind of stuff cool i heard good things yeah. yeah, looks looks beautiful, amazing, awesome, good cyberpunk uh, aesthetic, but uh, just haven't played it yet. Hey, Todd. What's up? Would you say it's cyberpunk? <laughs> yes, okay. it's cyberpunk. Is it cyberpunk? Does it have cyberpunk yeah. elements? Oh, yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a sprinkle of cyberpunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, oh, you've also been, I know you've been binging your new favorite procedural show because you keep yelling at me and Meg for getting you hooked on that show. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of 911. That's what I did on Friday because I did absolutely nothing at work. So I watched 911 uh, all damn day. Told you it's good. I can't believe you went through what all four seasons like that quick in like a week. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Days. Yeah. Yeah, about a week and a half, I'd, I'd say. So it sounds like you really hated the show. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I got nothing else. I'm sitting in front of my computer doing literally nothing. So the TV is on to the side. Mm-hmm. So hmm. uh, and it's it's uh, I had a couple of uh, I, I have an issue with certain injuries, certain types of injuries, like puncture wounds and stuff. And this show has a lot of fucking puncture wounds. <laughs> yeah. And I call it my uh, reflection watching. So what I do is I'm, I'm I'm literally sitting at my desk and then to the side, I have the TV to my, to my left side. And then to the right side, I have one of my glass display cases. And anytime a puncture wound comes up on the screen, I have to look away and then I'll watch it in the reflection off of my glass case. <laughs> Your action figures to keep you safe. <laughs> yes. Is it like yes. watering down a little bit so it's not as visceral, it's not as real, it's the glass reflection? Yeah, it's the glass. I can't exactly see what's going on. I can't see the blood gushing from the the pipe that's coming out of the dude's chest. Yeah, yeah there's some good ones. Uh, me and Meg have been watching this show since it started like four years ago. And so Todd's flying through them now and yelling at us to like, damn it, Tony, I'm seeing the guy's like, bones stick out of his leg and they're in this like hoarder's house and i'm like oh yeah i vaguely remember that (laughs) and then uh uh you crying over like oh the guy the poor guy he was almost with jennifer love hewitt and it gets taken away from him and i'm like i'm sitting here not trying not to spoil anything later seasons yeah yeah it's it's a good one like as much as we have laughed over the years at like People like Meg's mom who watches like the entire litany of NCIS and CSIs and every doctor, investigator, you know, criminal lawyer. They're always like multi-hyphenate somehow. Like they're like, and they get 911 is kind of like guilty of that too, where the firefighters go a little beyond their job. Like they're halfway like criminal investigators at some point, but then eventually the police step in, but all those nonsensical shows, but anyway, but that one's good. I like that one. I, it's, it gives our stamp of approval. But. And of all the deaths on the show, like all of the, the, the heinous injuries and the deaths and nothing got me more than the one time they killed a fucking horse for no reason. Like it was yeah. a hol- it was a Halloween episode. There was a fire breather and then the fire breather caught a clown on fire and then that spooked that spooked the uh, the police horse and the police horse knocked its rider and ran off and then got stuck in tra- got hit by a car in traffic or something oh they had they had to put it down uh. like i had no problem with any of the other deaths in the show well, see, and then suddenly they kill a horse i don't remember that at all so yeah. probably was so scarred from that block i decided to block it out yeah <laughs> it's always the animals man kill as many people as you want but if you hurt that dog mm-hmm. uh, yeah i'm just turning this off 
dogs gotta live yeah <laughs> uh how about you andrew um what are you uh ingesting content wise this week still playing destiny still playing destiny finishing up uh, the which i'm gonna call it of heroes uh the festival of year i forget exactly but it's in the last week i was gonna try to uh grind out my titans celebration armor i might still try to do that tomorrow i'm kind of whatever about it so we'll see um i just uh started watching centaur world have you guys heard about that on netflix with the girls it looks amazing and the first couple episodes were were pretty true to that so it starts off you know hopefully not too many spoilers here but you know there's you know this uh young girl warrior in combat against these evil like orcish looking uh guys trying to to stop her and steal an amulet she's wearing there's a big battle ensues she's thrown from her horse the amulet gets knocked off her and her horse try to go get it they fall off a cliff and before the horse lands you know she kind of passes out and wakes up with a nine foot tall half man half giraffe uh, a feminine alpaca uh it, yeah it, and it goes on i think there's a flamingo person a bird centaur it like it gets so do better. they just throw bird a bunch person. of animals into a jar and like every week they just pull random combinations out and say that's going to be a new character kind of i mean well just think of any animal and then put like a human torso on it and the animal head back on and you've got the characters of this show. And the animation is awesome. The story is like the voice acting is on point. So if you get a chance on Netflix. Okay. I mean, like, I, I think it's obviously more geared towards children. But like it like really hit it for me. I was dying. Like the animation is very reminiscent of like some Adventure Time-ish sort of animation. Oh, okay. Which kind of got me as well. So uh, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, and then getting re-caught up on uh, MasterChef. I don't know if any of you guys watch that. It's like me and my wife's favorite cooking show. I used to watch it way back in the day. Yeah, they're on like season 11, I believe. So there's like a ton of them. But like that's our go-to every year. And so I'm glad we could uh, watch it again this year. Mine was always Hell's Kitchen. I'll eventually Hell's Kitchen was, I watched a ton of Hell's Kitchen. Oh. I always like Top Chef. There's so many good ones. Yeah, I watched a bunch. Of, I watched like a little bit of everything, honestly. But this is the one that I've watched consistently over this past like over a decade now. There's then, one. What There's else? a cooking show I watch every year, and it's Worst Cooks of America. Worst Cooks, yeah. yeah. Shannon good. has been binging that. Like, my wife just watched, I think, like, six seasons in a row, like, nonstop, <laughs> just grinding them out. So Just people so failing miserably in the kitchen. <laughs> well, the production of that show is hilarious because they just make fun of everything. It's mm. great. It's good. And then it's, like, it's all, like, the, uh, the Food Network, like, superstar personalities. So you've mm-hmm. got the... I never remember her name. The the crazy spiky hair. Amber. Okay. Yeah. And she's just like, you can see like the blood vessels about to burst mm-hmm. in her brain every time somebody does something stupid. She's like, God, <laughs> like, why am I still here doing, she loves doing this to myself? Yeah. She loves, she to, loves, ha- loves to hate on people. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, what other shows I watch like Dave, I'm getting through that season. It's I'm not quite liking it as much as the first season, but still pretty good. Dave? Dave, yeah. So it follows uh, the rap. They're like the little Dicky or Lil Dicky is a uh, a rapper mm. who has kind of transferred into this. And the first season, it started off a little slower, but by the end, like I loved it. That last episode, I've watched like a hundred times. It's so good. <laughs> and so I came in like hoping for a lot for the second season, and it's been it's been all right. So we'll see how if it you know can streamline itself a little better. But otherwise, like I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. I remember seeing the the promos for that, but I, I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah. Um, 
I've been uh, binging Never Have I Ever. Oh, yeah. Which I know Shannon finished watching, finally, because I told her to finish watching it. That was the, the Mindy Kaling yeah. produced one. And I swear, I was laughing the entire fucking time I was watching that show. Meg was cackling, <laughs> <laughs> like, every few seconds. Mm-hmm. Meg fashion. Yeah, yeah it was really... <laughs> I was surprised at how funny it was going to be. And... um I feel like some of the acting was kind of subpar because a lot of it's just some unknown actors that are kids that are kind of breaking into the the acting game. But like the storytelling was just so well done. And I really liked the girl's relationship with her father and the show revolves around her losing her dad. Mm. So it was like very personal to me because I lost my dad at a young age. So Mm. it was there's a lot of very touching moments that, and I'm not one to cry when I watch TV shows or movies, but I got a little choked up in certain parts of it. And so it was, it was really, really very well good family heartwarming type show. Mm-hmm. And also funny as hell. I mean, I wasn't even, I was working while Meg was binging this. So I was only like hearing it most of the time, but I was like, damn, that is a good show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I tried watching an episode with Shannon. I like, was like, Oh wait, so what is she doing that? And she's like, it's a long story. <laughs> so you're like, I shouldn't ask any questions. I, maybe one day I'll watch it. Mm. Which brings up, have you guys ever seen Sex Education? Yes. Meg Love that loves show. that. I still haven't started yeah. it. I need to binge that to catch They're up. They're coming out with a new season soon. Yeah, season three. Or something. Yeah. Now, Meg got burned a few times falling in love with a few Netflix shows and then she's like, God damn it. Like the, the after, cancel, um... yeah, she found out like season two never was going to be happening or whatever. Um, so did you confirm if Never Have I Ever is still ongoing? Um, there is no official release date for a season three because it, season two literally just aired last month. Oh, okay. So oh, it's too soon to really confirm anything. But uh, a lot of people are speculating that they are for sure going to come out with a third season because it's doing so well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh, we kind of talked about at book club few nights ago uh, meg and i watched the next fear street the mm-hmm. second one out of the three it's 1976 Four. 78 74 74 oh okay yeah with um, compared to the first one not as good it's fine yeah i think the first one was a little better maybe maybe it was just that the that was the one for our era of nostalgia i guess i don't know maybe that gave it a slight better edge um or maybe it's just that the middle part of the story drags a little bit like it, i mean it, it felt fairly predictable i mean the first one kind of was too but i i would say more so the second one it it i mean if anything i guess as a tribute to 70s slashers it feels like a very simple 70s slasher but then they inject the bit of like fear street lore in there with the uh the they explain more about the witch yeah and how she's being resurrected or whatever um meg pointed out i I don't know if they ever explained or if they're going to in the part three like what's the time frame like does like a does like an egg timer go off every like 10 15 20 years or something and the witch is like oh time to kill again or is it just like (laughs) random have you guys watched them at all I saw uh, the first one and like yeah. I'm tempted to go back and watch the second and third just to finish the trilogy, but that's about it. How about you, Todd? I watched the first one. I haven't watched the second or third okay. one yet. So oh, okay. my question for the show in terms of the rules, 
I guess you wouldn't really be able to help break it down because it's only really shown in the second movie. So, yeah. If I ask a question, it's not going to mean anything to you guys. Oh, well, yeah. But, I mean, it's okay. I think we said it in so many words a few nights ago and we met for book club. It feels, these movies feel kind of like horror light. Mm-hmm. Like they're... I mean, they're Earl Stein, so yeah. Yeah. Well, Earl Stein's y, YA <laughs> yeah, so area, it, so... Yeah, if you're like a typical like horror movie fan, then you'll probably feel like, oh, these feel a, a bit bland, uh, a bit mild, but... I mean, they're still enjoyable, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was, I think, even a book series of Fear Street. So, I mean, if you know about that, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, okay, this is going to be a a movie version of those, like you said, like YA novels. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's watered down. Yeah. I'm most excited about the third film. Yeah, because that's uh, where they go back to 1600s. Yeah. The origins could be good, yeah. Yeah, that's cool yeah yeah i'm not saying it's not bad it, it's very good and well it's just underwhelming it, compared to what i was expecting it to be yeah 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 anyway um what else do we i think that's pretty much oh we've been watching that uh that netflix series uh the movies that made us uh they did i think this is only season two now um but sure. they, they only come out with like four episodes per scene. They're like these mini documentaries, like a good hour long for each movie. And honestly, there are movies, most of them are like movies that I've already seen a thousand documentaries on or I've seen a hundred times. So it's like, I was like, ah, am I really going to learn anything here? But I actually do. They're quite enjoyable. The first one for this season is Back to the Future, just the first movie. And so they were harping a lot on, they're focusing a lot on all the way from the very, very beginning, like the, the writer and <clears throat> the writer and director having a, you know going to film school together and going to college and then um going off to make their own stuff where everybody in film school uh back then was all like into the art house european french stuff and oh you know they just wanted to make like explodey fun action adventure movies so hence back to the future <clears throat> but like in the beginning the um the early iterations of the script, like the uh, the time machine was a refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> and instead of uh, having to like harness the uh, power of lightning from the, the thunderstorm, or whatever, and get the DeLorean back in the future, it was a refrigerator and they were just going to drop a nuke from like uh, one of those like 1950s nuclear test sites in the middle of the desert, whatever. Um, so that's where Indiana Jones got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> they actually did insert a clip of the exploded fridge from Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's just weird. It's crazy to see how when they break it down, all these little things that could have gone so wrong or, or it could have been way different and it just wouldn't have been that memorable or like a lot of things where the movie probably would have fell apart like and then and then the happy accidents like originally the creators they wanted michael j fox from the get-go but he was busy with family ties on tv and so the um whatever executive um the movie studio executive was adamant to get uh, eric stoltz and so they filmed like six weeks of footage with uh, uh so six weeks they were they were filming with eric stoltz and he was like 
acting for an entirely different movie. Like he was wanting to, he was playing it like super straight and serious. Like it was a dramatic piece. Like it was some tragic story or something. And they're like, this is not fucking working at all. This is horrible. <laughs> they had to throw out all the footage. Anyway, long story short, of course, eventually they get to Michael J. Fox, but it's just nuts to hear those stories about how something that's like such a perfect <clears throat> classic, like it just barely scraped by and it almost didn't happen and because of all these different things along the way but anyway it's cool there's that one we just watched uh, pretty woman uh, the one on pretty woman last night that's episode two and i think the next one is uh the first jurassic park um, i think we watched one i forget if it was on there but about nightmare before christmas that was really interesting they yeah showed, you know, the ins and outs of it being made and like how there's this common misconception that like tim burton did everything when he like it's loosely based off one of his ideas and that's about it he had some input in the direction of like the art style but otherwise you know every like it was directed by uh henry selnick i believe and henry selnick yeah yeah like completely different like just really really changed my perception of it so it was yeah. cool then he went on uh selnick went on to do james of the giant peach um oh. and then uh Coraline. Oh, did you do Coraline? That's awesome. Because I, I think I like Coraline more than James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. I like the opposite. I prefer James and the Giant Peach over Coraline. I really didn't care for Coraline. I enjoyed oh, really? it. It's been yeah. so long since James and the Giant Peach. I have to rewatch it again. But I remember it being fun. I yeah. remember Susan Sarandon voicing a sexy spider. And that was very confusing at a young age. <laughs> I mean, if a, if a Why spider... Why am I attracted to this spider? If a, if a claymation spider came around and started talking with Susan Sarandon's voice, I, I you know. <laughs> I imagine what she can do with all those hands, you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, oh, did everybody here see Black Widow yet? Yes. I have not. Oh, you have not. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my wife kind of already told me about it and spoiled it. So if you guys want to talk about it, it's it's cool. Oh, okay. You don't have to spoil it too much. I mean, it was, it was, it definitely, at least me and Meg's opinion, was better than we expected it to be. Like, we had a really good time. Um, my bar was real low for this movie, and mm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It definitely was a Marvel movie. <laughs> Todd was not fond of it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine, but I think it should have come out five years ago. Yeah. Like not not like, not even the de- I'm not even joking about the delay. I'm th- I'm saying they should have made this movie five years ago. Oh yeah, it kind of maybe it would have fit better if they released it chronologically, which is like right after Civil War. But then yeah. at the same time, um, Yelena's story, you know, it, it, it kicks her off for the stories to come because yeah. in fact that was a piece of news that I had. Um, I mean, you can with a, you can pretty much assume from the uh, the very end of the movie, the end credits scene, essentially, um, Yelena, who you'll know when you see the movie, Andrew, uh, another of the the Black Widows, essentially, who went through the same like captivity oh, and training that uh, that um, Scarlett Johansson character did, Natasha did. Florence uh, Pugh, right? Florence Pugh. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't remember what else I've seen. Oh, she was in um uh, Midsummer. Not hereditary. Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she really steals the movie. <clears throat> like, I mean, I I give it her interactions with 
uh, with Scarlett Johansson. But I mean, so this is mild spoilers for the very beginning of the film. You see they're essentially they're they from as a very young age as little girls they're they're like inducted into this like russian spy program like russians posing as americans and uh until they get called back for more training and crap whatever um but for a time they were basically raised as sisters so they're not really biologically related but they're just they're raised as sisters and so even when they meet up again later in life, they have that like bickering sibling bond and it's great. Like every scene she's like giving Natasha shit, <laughs> like every step of the way. And they're always, they're like, like kind of like one upping each other with like when they have to escape somewhere or do a thing, whatever. But it's, that's definitely where a lot of the fun comes in. Uh, David Harbour. Awesome. <clears throat> and um, Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss, thank you. Yeah. So hot. Which, yeah, <laughs> as the credits are rolling, Meg's like, yeah, so that was better than I expected. Like, and it's always nice to be reminded every few years how hot Rachel Weiss is. <laughs> it's like, I haven't forgotten, but it's nice to be reminded. <laughs> I think after Enemy at the Gates with that one scene, like that, yeah. she was celebrity crush of mine for a long time. So yeah. The mummy. Mm-hmm. The mummy. Oh, yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. The mummy. She is 51 now and still looking fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing what celebrity can do for you. Money yeah. and time, you know. Mm-hmm. And that Marvel uh, workout routines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Disney money, as Tony yeah. so eloquently put it on his book club. That Disney money. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that I really appreciate about the film, though, <clears throat> and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but whenever the sister... I'm sorry. What was her character's name? Yelena. Yelena. Mm-hmm. Whenever she was done fighting, she was winded. Mm. And whenever she did like any sort of power moves or whatever mm. you fucking want to call them, um, she was always like kind of leaning against something or no. breathing heavy. And it's just like, I really appreciated that because it made it more real yeah, versus yeah. having to think about it. I was like, you know, in all of the, the superhero films, mm. like as soon as the battle is over, everybody like, walks away without having to be out of breath or just keep moving on yeah. and so oh, here she is kind of sitting and and huffing and i'm like fuck yeah like <laughs> be winded from that shit that's a real person yeah. yeah yeah not only that but she's like literally the only non-powered person on the team even hawkeye like he has like supervision and super hearing like she has literally no powers other than training Mm, yeah. So, like, she's yeah. the closest to a normal human being on the team. Yeah, I also, too... oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just kind of going on with that. It was really good direction and good choreography <laughs> with this film. Like when they um, first meet up, Natasha and Yelena, as you know, um, their current ages, you know, in, in present day, it's they haven't seen each other in ages, so they don't know if they can even trust each other. And just like this crazy fucking John Wick fight between them ensues. And of course they're equally matched. So it's hilarious because like, I steal your gun. I steal your gun. But they just, <laughs> they're beating the shit out of each other. And it was just really cool to see uh, like the more grounded. It's funny because we kind of said the reverse stuff when we were going over our reviews of like all of the Marvel TV shows so far, the Disney plus shows where it's like, we're uh, at least me and Todd were saying, we really appreciate the more fantastical stuff like Loki and WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier was fine but we're a little more bored with it um 
I was kind of expecting that lull again with Black Widow. Like, oh, this is, you know, this isn't the wild spacey fantasy stuff. It's just going to be like low-key espionage, whatever. But because of that really good, like grounded uh, choreography and and photography of the fight scenes and everything, it worked really well. It had that sort of visceral John Wick sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Another thing I really appreciated about it with Elena's character was that they didn't like over sexualize her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a scene where both her and Natasha are wearing the exact same outfit, the, mm-hmm. the white suits, and hers actually fits her a little baggier than the skin tight, mm-hmm. you know, like body shaped form. And I was like, I really like that they're putting a normal outfit on a normal person (laughs) you know no i think uh, i love that she shit on uh on scarlet's poses every chance she got the the superhero (laughs) like fall like whenever she drops out of an air vent or something and it's like the yeah whatever why you do this why you do the hair flip (laughs) Uh, it's fantastic uh, I liked I really really liked it for those reasons yeah, pleasantly surprised and you will be happy Meg because uh, if you didn't give a shit about the Hawkeye show she will be back in the Hawkeye TV show well fuck um, now I gotta watch it <laughs> because as and again spoilers here in the final scenes um, or the final scene and credits scene um, it fast forwards to um, present day where you know post end game natasha is gone and yelena is there visiting her <clears throat> grave um and we get reintroduced to this was going to be the introduction to of julia louis dreyfus in the mcu character of val um because this movie was supposed to come out a year ago before um falcon and the winter soldier so that became her introduction into the mcu and here she just gets a small little cameo in that final scene. And uh, we see Yelena is now working for her, I guess, accepting missions from her. And she basically pins it on Hawkeye, on Clint Barton, like, hey, here's the guy responsible why, you're, why your sister's in the grave. And so she's basically coaxing her to go after him for whatever reasons. You know, she's, she's playing her game of, of political chess or whatever um but yeah so okay that character is what like lady hydra correct i forget exactly what i read about julia drives character uh Uh, she has been in the past lady hydra um she's a she's the she's the opposite of samuel jackson basically okay um speaking of that hawkeye show actually that was another headline um i think it was entertainment weekly had a little a little blurb about it this past week with a, a first look sort of thing. There's just a, just a quick picture of um, uh, Jeremy Renner as Barton and uh, Haley State Stanfield? Stanfield. Yeah, as Kate Bishop. And it looks like they're in some sort of training place and she's got the big ass uh, bow in her hand and everything and they're just chatting. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be fun. Um, Vera Farmiga is also confirmed in the show as Kate Bishop's mom. And, uh, oh yeah, we already said Florence Pugh will be back as Yelena. And then I think we talked last week about those wild rumors about Kingpin, (laughs) which would tie into Spider-Man No Way Home, but that's 
still still in the that's take it with a huge grain of salt <laughs> that's yeah. still fan casting fangasming yeah. all that good stuff take it with a vincent d'onofrio sized grain of salt <laughs> <laughs> uh true to the off-topic title of this podcast so if you guys ever want i mean i don't want to say a laugh per se but something that i was introduced to recently is that jeremy renner is actually i don't know a part-time musician with not only a band, but music videos and the whole nine yards. So if you get a chance oh. to look up these, Is I it... highly encourage you to do so. Just for like a one-time watch at least to kind of see what he's working with there. Is it not un- much. unintentional laughs there? <laughs> I mean, I, it seems like it's very sincere. And I mean, I can't say that I haven't heard worse because I have, but it's right. not necessarily my, my go-to music. But uh, yeah, it's... He, he stars in the, at least one video I saw as well. So okay. that's, it's an interesting take on, a, you know, this multi-talented professional we have in the MCU here. Is it, there's, it's just kind of a stigma that we do, or it, it seems like a lot of times musicians will, will shift over to acting and, a lot of times we accept that now, like, you know, a lot of rappers shift over and hip hop artists shift over to acting and some of them became really good actors and we kind of know them now as actors, but it seems like when actors go the other way, they get shit on a bit more <laughs> or maybe it, it never like works. <laughs> I think that's the nature of the craft because like, if you can sing or like, you know, if you're musical, you are musical, whether you're an actor or not. Well, if you're musical acting is something that can be, you know, built up and increased and taught and learned and stuff like that. But like my voice, I mean, maybe if I dedicated like years of my life and that's all I did with singing, I might be able to, but like, I mean. Yeah, and if you're, if you're a stage performer in general, there's a bit of acting that comes with that in general. So you've already got a base of that. True, so yeah. you're kind of already practicing that other craft as you're, focusing on music and you know you just push a little hard in that direction and it's probably a smoother transition versus the other way where if you're just acting and then one day say hey my agent thought I, it would be good if i put out a cd so why not you know <laughs> exactly like live performances concerts you know appearances whatever i'm sure that requires some <clears throat> amount of you know acting technique to a certain degree so yeah. though the uh the, the lieutenant dan band is still going strong <laughs> and uh kevin bacon doesn't have didn't he have one too it, steve martin steve martin oh yeah steve martin yeah. well he, he straight up quit acting and just like picked up his banjo and yeah, walked off into the sunset <laughs> he was a good he was a good banjo player before he became an actor so yeah jeff goldblum i believe has a jazz band he actually performed once in fullerton and i missed it i'm super sad I have heard about that. He uh, he rocks on piano. I mean, really, Jeff Goldblum can do anything. That's Pretty that's much. one of the ones that yeah, there is total crossover, and you're like, yeah, yeah that works no matter what. He, he is does. one of those mystical beings that yeah. you know. He's There's always Jack Black. Literally anything, <clears throat> Jack Black, sure, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, one more thing about uh, Black Widow, though. The news this week, the unfortunate news. So, uh, apparently, there were headlines that. Uh, due to Disney's mishandling of uh, the release of the film. And we, we heard like months ago, like there were rumors and headlines about 
Kevin Feige fighting Disney over control of the release because he was really adamant to make it like this is a big MCU movie. This should be theatrical only or at least theatrical only first and then, you know, a later release to, you know, digital and streaming platforms or whatever um because they want that big you know box office money well disney went ahead and pushed it out as you know with their premiere on demand access like the 30 dollars if you want to watch it like day one and the theatrical day one um so then scarlett johansson's team now filed a lawsuit against them for saying they're in breach of contract be uh i guess specifically because um having pushed uh that focus into their digital platform um it's basically it's pushing uh, more marketing towards people staying at home and buying it there whereas her contract stipulated you know she gets a certain payout plus percentages of a uh, percentages on how well the film does theatrically like specifically box office numbers nothing to do with the digital release so basically yeah. shortchanging her her proceeds Basically, yeah. it, it boils down to about $50 million on her salary that she's yeah. missing out because they chose to release it streaming rather than rather than full box office because all Hollywood contracts are based off of Hollywood or are based off of, of the initial box offices. Right. They're usually never based off percentages. You never get streaming revenue or any of that. So they essentially cheated her well i wouldn't say cheated her but she lost out on 50 million worth of bonuses i feel like that has to be the new paradigm now is you know moving forward even after this whole you know covid debacle is is streaming going to be something you know direct to to streaming for services that have to be included in contracts that have to be you know in Mm -hmm. in in the talk now because honestly while it's nice to go to the theaters some of them it's like yeah i just want to watch at home I don't yeah. want to go out. I don't want to be in a you know crazy theater. I'll just yeah. watch it in my, my home. But yeah, I bet that would uh, definitely have to be clearly laid out to begin with for the contracts. Like, hey, if a percentage of my check, you know, of my income uh, counts on how well the film does, then it needs to be specifically say said that you know how well it does theatrically and digitally. You know, well, across you know, the board. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Agree. So they're accusing that basically Disney of shortchanging them by diverting those funds towards, you know, the focus on streaming. And I don't know if it's just rumor and hearsay or if it's confirmed, but apparently now it's been said that Emma Stone's people are now considering a similar action for Cruella. Um, I wonder. We'll see. Whatever. Um, do, 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 do have anything else for nothing for marvel stuff oh i saw a cool thing today uh kevin smith was on twitter early this morning like 5 a.m he was out for his uh healthy walk around the block or wherever he is in in la somewhere uh so he's all out of breath but he was uh making a little twitter video uh saying that tomorrow monday is uh his 51st birthday and on that day they will start Tomorrow they're going to start filming on Clerks Three, so they. Uh, I saw that. I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah, I seem really excited about it. Uh, he's they, I think he did a Facebook post a week or so back where they had their first like script run through, and most of the cast was there. Rosario Dawson couldn't make it; she was elsewhere. 
Um, but they had most of the cast there. Um, Brian O'Halloran and um, um, uh, Jeff Anderson, Randall. Um, and of course, Jason Mewes, because, you know, he's attached to Kevin Smith's hip. <laughs> Can it bring back the young kid for movies, I hope? Yes. I don't know yes. His name, but... Yeah. Uh, Elias. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the actor's name. But yeah. I have um, pillow pants. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> now, here's a funny story. I don't remember their I don't remember the real people's names, the actor's names. But that guy um, then went on to get together and marry the actress from all the way back from Mallrats, who was Trish the Dish, the girl who, the young girl who was like doing the sex studies and writing the book oh, about shit. men. Yeah. So Trish wow. the Dish married Elias, the dork from, <laughs> from movies. They should do Finally Mallrats. got laid. Also, yeah. put that in there. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm excited for that. Like out of all the ones that like the clerks ones i think because they're so personal to kevin smith like he puts most of himself in those i think that's why those ones work better than you know a lot of the other stuff so. my favorite of his i think will always be dogma but i can't really see that being expanded upon it was good in what it is and i honestly don't really want any more like it's it's good that should be it so yeah fun fact you can't actually buy dogma or stream it right now the rights are so jacked up to that that you cannot uh, purchase it in any media form at all. That's I still have. I kept my DVDs. Yep, still got the special edition DVD. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, I resisted for the week because I didn't want to get spoiled for anything, but then I finally caved and watched it like an hour ago. Um, the the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Oh. Did you catch that? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah doesn't really spoil much of the movie like you see what you expect to see uh but there is a, a fun like split second little cameo right at the end of the trailer very end of the trailer does anybody here care if i say it no I've I've already seen it. okay um somebody i'm assuming like the young kids who are the main focus of the film or paul rudd who's like their science teacher or something like that who joins in on the adventure in the fun um it all takes place in this like small town like you know midwest place or something um but you know ghost shit starts happening and etc etc and somebody makes a call to it's all zoomed in to like a a big red phone on a counter and you can kind of see the backdrop of like it's nighttime the shop's closed down it looks like comics and books or whatever something some little novelty shop but an, an older man's older gentleman's hand picks up the ringing phone and just hear this very Bill Murray, we're closed. <laughs> we're, of course it's going to be Bill Murray because he yeah. has nothing else going on and he goes to everything. Yeah. Well, He'll say yes to anything. Yeah. Well, all the, all the surviving original Ghostbusters are back. Uh, we do catch a, a bit of Annie Potts. Um, oh, yeah in the uh, in the trailer there and uh i know sigourney weaver is attached as well um oh yeah is rick moranis coming back for this one i heard he was coming back for something i'm hoping I don't believe he is this. i think he's the well, one that, not i i haven't heard that he's attached to this but i know he is returning to acting in general because his kids are older now and they're uh 
they're self-sufficient yeah i remember hearing an interview with him a while back and he was like well i didn't really retire ever <laughs> he kind of like kicked the door he squeaked the door open again but you know obviously he you know he left uh you know for family reasons and everything but yeah that'd be cool to see him do something mm-hmm. i've always uh, really enjoyed his performances so that'd be cool to see him back doing something yeah oh and speaking of uh paul rudd uh ant-man and the wasp quantum mania <laughs> has begun filming this past week. Uh, the director, Peyton Reed, he announced that, uh, you know, principal photography officially started the other day and he celebrated it with uh, a little Instagram post of the, I don't know if you can see it in here or maybe I'll put it in the chat room. It's the disturbing little um, oh, yeah. <laughs> rabbit toy that, that he gave it's his so daughter. Ugly. In the I first love it. Yeah. It's so ugly. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Um, I haven't really heard anything. They kept the story pretty under wraps there, other than we know that Kang is, of course, a part of it. Yeah. I'm really excited for this whole new uh, venture and this whole new, you know, expansion. Like, <laughs> Loki really did it for me. Like, they really got their hooks in me with this whole multiverse thing. I was watching uh, Doctor Strange today, funny enough, and the, the multiverse is even referenced in that, you know, way ahead of time. So yeah. like I think they they can do a lot with this. I'm I'm really excited. Strange, even in his earliest days, Strange has always been a major part of multiversal, like all of that. Yeah. So. Oh, and that is the one thing that we can actually confirm—not rumors or hearsay or wishful thinking. Um, Strange will appear in Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home. There was a, a blurry. Twitter photo from the set. Uh, I think it, it showed up today, actually. Um, oh, and you they can did. See. They already released toys from the movie a couple of months ago that oh, okay. had Strange. So, uh, yeah, there was a little uh, uh, like a street level photo. It looked like Strange, you know, in his full gear and everything. He was standing like right outside the uh, the New York Sanctum. Uh, Sanctum. Yeah, and uh, Spider Man's just like he's on top of like a fire truck or something, just chatting with him. Yeah, here's the hoping that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are right around the corner there, just <laughs> hiding <laughs> all the Spider-Mans. Yep. The so there was a, a rumor came out that uh, Kevin Feige is keeping a close eye and in constant contact with Alfred Molina, so he shuts the fuck up. <laughs> so he doesn't spoil anything else. <laughs> he is coming back as Doc Ock, right? Do I, yeah. do I remember that correctly? Yeah. So. Yeah, he flat out just blurted it out in an interview. Like, they were still trying to keep everything under wraps. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> with J.K. Simmons and Jonah, and then him as Doc Ock, I mean, it's a lot of that classic cast, too. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, Molina was funny about it, too. He was just like, joking with the interviewer about how he's like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm old and fat. So, you know, they put me in the green screen and you know, the, the octo arms, they do most of the work anyway. I just have to go. <laughs> so sounds like we'll get at least a, a little bit of good uh, Doc Ock action. Yeah. Um, oh, this is kind of a big one in the, in the world of horror. Uh, they already announced uh, at least a couple months back that uh, an Exorcist reboot was on the way to which I was kind of like well do they really need that? Because like there's so many exorcism movies now that just mimic 
the original Exorcist movie. It's like we've seen it a thousand times already. But uh, apparently the people behind this are the exact same people that are behind the new Halloween trilogy um, with Michael Myers, David Gordon <clears throat> Green and Blumhouse. They're doing pretty much the same thing they're doing with the Halloween franchise. They're kind of retelling it in a new trilogy. And, it's going to be a trilogy, right? The, the Exorcist so, as well? They're doing the same thing with the Exorcist reboot. So they announced it's going to be a trilogy of new films. And in fact, they're bringing back uh, Ellen Burstyn, who was the the mom of young Nancy Reagan in the, uh, um, or Reagan, what was her name? Reagan. I forget. Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Nancy Reagan. <laughs> uh, Reagan was Lady Nancy Reagan? No way. Yes. <laughs> Nancy Reagan is going to be in the film. Um, her no, husband Reagan... was the famous actor. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Reagan was the name daughter. of little the daughter. Yeah, yeah, who got possessed. I don't remember their last name, but Maybe. anyway, the mother played by Ellen Burstyn, Bur- Burstyn, she is actually going to be back for this new trilogy, or at least the first <clears throat> film they've announced. Um, and I guess uh, they're investing pretty heavily, or at least uh, Universal believes in it because they dropped four hundred million for the rights, like straight out. They're like, we want it, Damn. grabbing it. So, so yeah, we'll see um uh what else what else what else uh, oh so there was a, a a bit of lucasfilm uh news that was interesting to me this week yeah so there uh we've we've all seen the the luke the leia and the tarkin uh cg cameos uh in the the past few uh uh the mandalorian and then yeah. rogue one i heard about that so there's a YouTuber that does deep fakes uh, of different things. And he did deep fakes of all three of these Luke, Leia and the Tarkin cameos. And they looked so much better than the, the, the CG that, that, that came out in the actual final products. Mm -hmm. Um, Lucasfilm hired him instead of sending him DCMAs instead of uh, suing him and all that good stuff. They, uh, they just hired him. That's rad. That's awesome. That's smart, honestly. Like, if you can, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw the, I just a little while ago, I saw the one for Tarkin, and I was like, oh my god, that's so much better. It looks awesome. so much so much more like him, yeah. It's, because they had, uh, in, he appears, I mean, he's completely CG in um, Rogue One, um, because, of course, he was in A New Hope, he was basically running the Death Star. Uh, and, uh, oh, what was... Peter Cushing, uh, you know, he was, he was much older uh, when A New Hope came out or when they filmed it and he was, you know, looked a bit gaunt. Um, but the computer generated version of him in Rogue One looked all right, but you can still tell it felt a bit cartoonish. Um, it, uh, and compared to this guy's touched up, his version, the YouTuber guy doing the, the deep fake or the, uh, his version of Tarkin cleaned up, it looks so much more realistic. He's not, you, you look at the, the original one from Rogue One that was released and it's like, oh, he looks like so emaciated. He looks like the Crypt Keeper. Like in this one, he looks more natural, just an older, you know, uh, thinner gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Good on you, Lucasfilm. Um, not like, uh, not like Nintendo and some other companies that, uh, just can't wait to slap DCMAs on uh, any fan projects out there, and <laughs> as quickly as they can. 
Oh yeah, but, uh, I'm 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 seeing that right now. There's a big uproar in the uh, Warhammer community because <clears throat> uh, Games Workshop has always been sort of a shitty company um, when it comes to fan projects and stuff like that. Um, they were known for being very heavily litigious in the 90s, mm-hmm. and uh, as their stuff has sort of made a resurgence in the last like five to six years. Um, this week, they're they're doing the same shit that they did back in the 90s. They they updated their terms and they said, you cannot do fan projects. You cannot do any of this stuff that, that uses our, our generals and our characters and can't do fan arts and stuff like that. And so the entire community is in an uproar. It's like, we've been doing this shit for decades. And now you're going to start suing people over fan art and 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 stories come on that's dumb games workshops open like one day a week anyway like i've never really been a tabletop person but those stores are are closed more than they're open i've seen yeah Yeah. Yeah. have these have these companies ever heard of conventions because like comic-con WonderCon, literally everywhere like you go to like the artist alley and there's just rows and rows and rows of people there just pimping out fan art like why doesn't like you, you know all all these companies like disney nintendo whatever when they kick down the doors of comic-con and be like you're sued you're sued you're sued one of the first <laughs> conventions i ever heard about was gen con which i thought was a miniature convention if i'm not mistaken that focused on tabletop like warhammer so i'm wondering yeah. if this is something like and todd you might know like they've done consecutively or is it something they're just now cracking down on or something because like Tabletop gaming has been, I mean, it, it, maybe there is a resurgence. I think it got slow for a while, but has always been around and always had a decent fan base. Yeah. Warhammer in general, 40K in particular, has always had a, a good size fan base. Mm-hmm. But the Games Workshop was struggling in the late late 90s, early 2000s, um, on the verge of bankers, bankruptcy a couple of times, actually. Um, but Lately, um, due to the popularity of uh, tabletop gaming in general coming back and the popularity of fantasy, and they've launched a new Age of Sigmar, which is an early fantasy, um, they, they, they definitely have been more popular than they were in some years past. But uh, it's definitely uh, slowing down now, thanks to uh, them being douchebags again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For the listeners at home, um, Meg is gushing over Shadow Two. Shadow Two. <laughs> he lets me hold him like a baby, and it's adorable. You guys can't—you probably can't hear him purring, but he's purring. Aww. Aww. Oh, he's gone now. Bye. <laughs> and Meg has lost interest. Back to the phone. I <laughs> was um, oh, speaking of. Um, Speaking of gaming, I have one little bit of gaming news. Uh, the creator of Stardew Valley announced that he is working on a new project, some new super secret thing. He has not said what, um, but of course. It's a new avocado toast recipe. <laughs> well, I heard it was actually, and if I'm not thinking of the wrong developer, but there's this new system out that's going to be like this tiny little Game Boy-esque thing with like a gear or something you turn. And that's what he's he's making it for so i don't know exactly yeah what it entails but i'm pretty sure it's for this this odd little let me see if i can find it and i'll gear boy not quite (laughs) 
You go all steampunk and it's, it's like a steampunk Game Boy that you have to wind up or crank up. Uh, Eric Barone, that's the guy's name. Creator also of known as a Concerned Ape is his handle that most people know him by. Yeah. Uh, he's planning on sharing the first official details in the, quote, somewhat near future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that it? man is still dedicated to putting out patches and updates for Stardew, which yeah, is they had really fucking amazing. The giant like 1.5 update that Meg started playing that was just uh, earlier this year, wasn't it? So, yeah, last year. Oh, last year. Oh, okay. Recently, I want to say. Right. He puts out a, he puts out a big update. I would say every th- three to six months. Okay. Uh, back in the world of TV, Todd, you brought something batshit crazy to my attention that I did not see coming. Do you remember what that was? You said I, I don't remember. Waterworld, the oh. TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. So apparently, this is a thing that's being shopped around. I, I looked a little bit more into it and. It's not been officially picked up by anybody right now. It's just being shopped around. So, Uh, producers, I think it's these are the original producers. Uh, John Davis and John Fox planning a show that would follow the characters from the 95 movie 20 years later. So, it's not just like a, a fresh reboot, which is what I would assume. They're actually, I wonder, are they hoping to snag? Kevin Costner for this or or they'll probably just hire some actress to play the young girl grown up I'm guessing and follow her story maybe probably and I don't think Costner is available like I think Yellowstone is still going on I don't think that's been cancelled yet is that his show is that a is that an Amazon show or no it's a random network that I can't remember on the upper channel upper cable channels I think I want to say Star. Okay. No, it's not. Let's yeah. see. What the hell? Sh- okay, Dan- good. Oh, sorry. Oh, Paramount Network. Oh, Paramount. All right. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg is attached to direct. He's is that good. Michelle's brother? I don't know. <laughs> um, the first time I heard his name was uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is amazing. Oh. Um okay. And I know he's probably he's done more stuff since then, but that's the one that I hear that name that screams out 10 Cloverfield Lane to me. Um, All right, guys, I found it. So if no. you get a chance, look up what is called the Playdate console and tell me what you think. Playdate? Playdate. P-L-A-Y-D-A-T-E, one word. That sounds like a, hey. like a little like my little first console or something i mean take a look and tell me what you think like the easy bake oven of game boys <laughs> it's a little retro looking yeah but it's Apparently, got a crank like you... why does it have a crank i don't know you but know, if you buy it, you're, you're guaranteed i think two games a month for like the first year or something like that or for a while so you like you're getting consistent games but yeah like Wow. Uh, Collider article from just uh, 12 hours ago. Playdate handheld console sold over 20,000 units in under 20 minutes. There you go. All right. I I don't see the appeal, but... 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If it's gonna be- <laughs> you you want to play? You don't want to play Game and Watch? <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm okay. I'm That's not me. that obsessed with the retro just for retro's sake. <laughs> so I don't know if this is the one that the that was a gaming ape is going to be doing concerned uh, ape concerned ape yeah or i I got the name wrong but yeah it It seems right up his alley he would he would make something for that i would think all right okie dokie um and and other bonkers tv news uh the uh, you brought this one to my attention tony uh-huh. The creators of South Park <laughs> are trying to buy the Casa Bonita restaurant. Yes. <laughs> now, when they first talked about that in the show, I mean, I think I've had several episodes where it's popped up, um, but uh, I, I didn't know it was an actual restaurant, but apparently it is a, a Colorado mainstay. Um, Lakewood, Colorado. Casa Bonita Mexican restaurant uh, opened in 1974. Oh, wow. Is that old? Has an arcade, an indoor cave and waterfall with cliff divers. (laughs) Uh, But I guess apparently the, its future is kind of unclear. They closed down uh, during the pandemic last year and the parent company that owns the place filed for chapter 11 uh, earlier this year. So I think that's part of it. Like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they wanted to buy it out from them and try to revitalize it. Um, there was uh, bits of an interview I saw where they were saying it, like even, even before the pandemic happened and they shut down, they felt like it was getting really run down and needed some revitalizing. So it's their dream to make it happen, to, to buy it and just inject some life into it again. Get it going, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I would think it would be great if they just kept it exactly the same, but I mean, I've never been there, but the way they're describing it and the way they've showcased it in episodes of the show, like it'd be hilarious if they just, just put Cartman, like injected him in there throughout the restaurant. Like everything stays the same, just add Cartman kind of like they added Johnny Depp uh, to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, just like inject him in there in little moments. (laughs) The cardboard cut out here and there just to have his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Cartman saying random shit as you're like eating your quesadilla. <laughs> yeah. That's Maybe fine. expand the franchise too. I'd go to a Casa Bonita out here. That sounds very interesting. At least, you know, check it out. Be interested. It's in Colorado. Now I wonder like how authentic is it really? <laughs> oh, probably not. It's got to be like the whitest of white boy Mexican foods. <laughs> so you would oh, enjoy it, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a a post from I think it was K Rock um, the other day on like Facebook and Instagram and it said like annoy a Southern Californian in five words or less. So I said rice and my burrito, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chipotle does it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. mexican food no yeah yeah no uh let's that's see. some san francisco shit right there yeah <laughs> uh, i need i need my san diego i need my carne asada fries just oh just a mountain of meat and cheese and guac and deliciousness and just pump it into my veins 
<laughs> anyway. Oh, here's a weird one. I didn't even know this existed. And thankfully, it sounds like it's not going to exist. Um, there was a Die Hard prequel in the works, just titled McLean, and apparently has now been killed by Disney. Couldn't be any worse than the last two movies. I guess with the uh, since Disney acquired Fox in 2019, um, they basically the project just fizzled out and died. But yeah, there. Yeah, I, I I love Die Hard, but uh, that last one was one too many. I don't think they're going to improve anything by having. And as the prequel, they're just going to have what some young dude, like some young pretty boy. Pretend, like doing his best Bruce Willis impersonation. Like I, I don't, I don't know maybe how that's get, gonna work. Maybe they'll get Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt again. They can put the whole makeup on him. They've already tried it once. Get that going. You know. I have never seen that movie, but just the like the trailer and the TV spots creep me out. What the hell was that? Like he looked like he was wearing chola makeup with like really thin <laughs> eyebrows, like painted so, on. If I remember the story right, you know, they wanted to get these two actors and they wanted to work out some way to to make them look like each other. But in true Bruce Willis fashion, no, I'm just going to do, I'm me. I'm going to do me. So <laughs> it literally went all onto Joseph Gordon-Levitt's shoulders. Like, we need to make you look like Bruce Willis since he's like, he's not going to do, you know, oh, it's cop God. out all over again. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they put that, probably a ton of makeup and prosthetics and stuff on him to make him look as much of a young Bruce Willis as possible. And there you not... have it. Okay, so the deep fake guy who now you know, works at Lucasfilm, <laughs> yeah. he's got to come out with an edit of that movie because, oh, God, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, there was a little snippet of an interview with uh, James Gunn this week uh, talking about the progress with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which, of course, it's officially titled Volume 3. It's going to be the Christmas special as well, right? The holiday special, yeah, he was touching on that and saying that um, it's he I forget in so many words, he said, like, it's not a short film or like, you know, a made for TV movie. He said it is a holiday special. So I'm wondering and I'm kind of giddy. That makes me think, like, is it going to be like straight up like Star Wars, the holiday special? <laughs> like it's going to be like goofy, like silly musical performances and shit and little skits. Um, but I mean, he's not, he's being very tight lipped about it, but what he did say is that it is in fact required viewing. Like it, it, it exists in MCU canon and you will need to watch it before you watch volume three to know like where the characters are going. Exactly. So, I'm excited. I mean, maybe I'm Peter so Quill's excited. holiday wish is, uh, <laughs> is for Gamora to get her memories back or something. <laughs> and so they have to travel somewhere to make it happen or, you know. Go visit the Wookiees on Life Day. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Um, here's a fun one. Uh, not really comic book geek related or anything, but I think I love it. It's funny as hell. Uh, Megan and I love this show, AP Bio. Have you ever watched it? I try to because I really like um, Glenn, Glenn Harrison as Dennis from Always Sunny. Like Always yeah. Sunny is my favorite shows, and so I really wanted to see it translated. It seems like it's almost just Dennis in a high school instead. So I haven't given as good of a shot as I want to, but I still want to watch it one of these days because I think I heard the news you're about to uh, report on. So let's go yeah. ahead. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It really grew on me pretty fast. Um, I mean, like you said, he's basically Dennis a, as a high school teacher. Um, 
but a little more he's he's um more of like a an academic and a professional and so it's him begrudgingly being at this high school for plot reasons whatever he ends up there um in uh i forget what town it takes place somewhere in midwest or whatever but he hates being there um but the kids are amazing the kids actors you know they're, they're supposed to be like late high school but of course they're like anywhere between 18 to early 20s or whatever but <laughs> yeah, it's hollywood teenagers yeah yeah right but they are hilarious and it's funny how like they start off it's it's ap bio so it's the advanced biology class that he's mainly in and so at first like they're like dealing with this like asshole of a teacher and they're like what do we do like we're not even learning anymore but eventually they end up joining forces like because he's just so charismatic and he's Dennis. So, you know, eventually they end up just, it's kind of like always sunny. It's just like, okay, they're helping him out of whatever schemes he's doing this week. And it's, so he Dennis the kids, he Dennis those kids. He Dennis the shit out of those kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so they're about to release season four um, or they're working on season four right now. And the headline this past week is that none other than Bruce motherfucking Campbell is joining this season as his dad. (laughs) so that is bound to be fun <laughs> that gives me more incentive to really watch those seasons now and, and catch up so yeah it's good. the only annoying part though it started off on regular nbc um and then after season two they were kind of up in the air about being canceled and instead well, thankfully they saved the show but nbc put it on their streaming service peacock um. so seasons three and four now i'm sure probably all the seasons are on there now but they're exclusively on peacock which i think some of the episodes are free but probably for the newest season you'll have to get the trial subscription or something yeah um that's kind of what we did like we did the one week trial and then just watched the third season really fast as it premiered (laughs) yeah yeah it's good stuff it's a good fun like little 30 minute wacky show uh and speaking of wacky I think one of my last things here, I, this is another project that I did not even know was happening. Apparently Taika has had in his back pocket for a while. He's been slowly trying to get a Flash Gordon movie made. Um, and it was originally supposed to be an animated film, but now there are reports that uh, it's actually going to be live action, just a full-blown Flash Gordon reboot. So... And the same producers from that Waterworld project, John Davis and John Fox, are producing this film. So I guess along with Taika writing and I'm assuming going to be directing as well. But, Interesting. Okay. So yeah. Have you ever seen the old the Flash Gordon? I've been tempted to, but never actually had an opportunity. I know the song and that's about it. And the general <laughs> Flash it is it is bonkers 70s sci-fi it is worth your time at least one viewing like it's I mean, just I've, so bananas <laughs> i've seen it referenced so many times of like him on the the, the scooter traveling through space and like, oh yeah it's, it's like a like a it's like a space treadmill it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> uh, space, uh, what are those one self-driving things called i can't think of it right now hmm. they balance for you and shit oh shit oh segways yeah, thank you. Space segue. <laughs> kind of like a space segue, yeah. It's basically it. And the freaking the Hawkman and with their laser rifles. It's just straight up bananas. It's fantastic. Um if I remember right, I think um 
Timothy Timothy Dalton is in that. Really? I think so. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's not. He's not one of the Hawkmen. He's some other group or alien tribe or something. But yeah, super young Timothy Dalton before before his Bond days in the eighties. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Family Guy rested a bunch of times. He was. I think the the uh, actor was on Ted Two even or something like that. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, so yeah, he he made cameos. Yeah, Ted yeah. Ted used to uh, Ted references him a lot. So yeah, it was like a dream sequence or something. I had a party. I forget. I watched that movie once. But I don't think I ever saw the second one. Uh, I Ted. haven't seen the second one either. Huh. Anyway, yep. <laughs> uh, I think that might be all I got, guys. I don't know. I. Uh, we might have to eventually get around to reviewing stuff again. We'll uh, we'll get around to Twister if we have time. But uh, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy, I'm sorry, Billy. Oh, Twister, did we forget about you over there? I'm sorry, Twister. You came all this way. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So, I shit you not. I'll even show you on my phone. So we were joking about that last week about how like Twister is a new like Lindsay Buckingham, and I was like looking for a podcast to listen to. Um, just because I've got my ones that I'm subscribed and regularly download. And just a few days ago, the 29th, Mark Marin's What the Fuck podcast. Who is he interviewing? But Lindsay fucking Buckingham. <laughs> <laughs> finally gets their opportunity. They finally get their opportunity. Yep. It's finally going to get to talk. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know. I tried looking for more gaming stuff, but I hadn't really seen. Uh, well, gaming adjacent, uh, apparently Netflix is working on a Pokemon live action show. It's in the same in the same spirit of um, Detective Pikachu. Although somebody finally hi- hire Hector. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta imagine. I mean, with that amount of CG, if they're doing that like live action CG combo, that's got to be a pretty expensive show to produce. I mean, it's a pretty big franchise, though. If anyone can afford it, it's probably Netflix. And if it gets enough viewers, you know, because you can get the kids, you can get the adults with nostalgia. So I enjoyed Detective Pikachu, honestly. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, One of my favorite scenes is the Mr. Mime scene, which is, like, honestly super dark and a little bit more on the adult side of that movie. So you never know. It's a, I forget, he doesn't he like mime out? He's like getting shot and like dying in slow motion or something. Oh, uh, close. They actually tie him up and threaten to catch him on fire by dousing him in gasoline. So, oh, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, because he won't tell them something. So he like, you know, mime's splashing him and he's like, they're like begging for his life as he's like lighting off matches about to, to burn oh. him to death. So I wonder if that was Ryan Reynolds convincing them like, hey, can I just improvise something and just let them know <laughs> if it works? Like. <laughs> yeah that's funny and there's i think this is more rumor mill at this point but possibly netflix also developing a live action final fantasy series yeah i think that uh is more real than uh rumor Uh, oh yeah because netflix uh they made a concerted effort about a year ago or two years ago to purchase a lot of video game rights like a fuck ton of video game rights um they've already had a dota anime they're coming out with a league of legends anime 
Um, they they are going heavily into anime and video game adaptations. So, yeah. and Final Fantasy is 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 re resurging right now. There, there's a huge popularity spike in the Final Fantasy MMO. Um, they just released all of the classic pixel games on Steam. Oh and yeah, remade. So yeah. Yeah, so Final Fantasy is a huge spike in popularity right now. Yeah. Interesting. Because they're, they're still doing the live action uh, Cowboy Bebop, right? I mean, not really video game related, but in the same yeah. kind of vein. That's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. done and coming out sometime yeah. this year, at the end of the year. Probably. Yeah, it should be coming fairly soon. Uh, I'm excited for that. I was, I'm cautiously optimistic for that. I mean, uh, yeah. in Cowboy Bebop, that's the pinnacle of anime for me so and a lot of people so it's, I'm, I'm still a lupin but cowboy bebop is up there i still have to get around a lupin i have not not watched lupin aren't they doing just a, just a, don't a, watch the first like two or three seasons they're really fucking dated <laughs> like not just dated in an animation way dated as in oh they are very 70s in oh it's 70s yeah it's yeah. 70s japan so they are very I'm just going to say they're fucking sexist as all hell. Oh, of course. Yeah. Did I see that Lupin's getting actually like some sort of like redo where it's like computer animated and like. So that was a Japanese film that came out um, last year. It was a the very CG Lupin, okay. but it looked it looked good. I have not seen it yet, but the uh, the the trailers look pretty, uh, pretty good. It was a 3D CG uh, yeah, yeah. version. It looked pretty clean. So. There's also the Arsene Lupin, which is more of the uh, story rather than the anime. Um, that's on Netflix, and that's pretty good. I've watched a couple of episodes of that, and it's uh, yeah. it's pretty good. I saw the first one. I enjoyed that. Where you, that's the one with the Louvre, right? Where he breaks in. Yeah, there. yeah, that was that was enjoyable. Yeah. Todd, you'll uh, be happy to know that I finally checked out that trailer for Jackass Forever. <laughs> <laughs> That is painful to watch, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I chuckled a few times, but most of the time it's just like, oh, oh, God, no. Why? I saw yeah, it. that's what you say the entire time you're watching that is why, yeah. why, why? Yeah. <laughs> I caught the uh, the Green Knight this weekend, and that was before that. So, How was that? That's I've been curious. I haven't seen the full trailer for it, just like quick TV spots, but it's like a, an old fantasy story it's yeah it's an arthurian tale so very much you know in the realm of of, of uh you know king arthur and in the sword in the stone and you know being blessed from the water by giving a sword to rule sort of thing I another didn't thing what... games workshop steals by the way is they incorporate the green knight into into their games as well into the bretonian faction but sorry go ahead no no problem <laughs> uh, being unfamiliar with the the epic poem myself i kind of went in not knowing a whole lot I mean, it's beautifully shot. Acting is is really well done. It's very much one of those stories. You can tell it's from you know old school with the fantasy in it and kind of the the way they do things. I mean, I I enjoyed it. It was not necessarily what I would thought it was going to be, but it's it's worth a watch. It was, again shot beautifully. The scenery and stuff is great. The acting, Dave Dev Patel, I think, did a great job as you know Sir Gawain. So really cool. He, uh, I know I've seen him in other stuff too, and I've enjoyed him, but just recently, Meg and I watched him as Prince Zuko in the 
Oh, the live action Avatar, the last airbender movie. <laughs> Probably the only saving grace in that movie, honestly, if there is one. Oh boy, that was that was rough. <laughs> um the movie in general or anything oh yeah the whole movie in general that was very very rough i mean i talked on the podcast before meg and i fell hard for the series um last airbender avatar and cora legend of cora um and our our uh, friend shannon uh different shannon (laughs) um is a huge fan too so her and her and her daughter came over and we uh they convinced us to just for the sheer entertainment factor, just uh, the brutal entertainment. I like, well, I like how you go in to watch The Room. Um, mm-hmm. Like you have to at least experience the live action Avatar movie one time. And it will definitely stay one time. That was more yeah. than enough. <laughs> no desire to ever watch that again in any way, uh, shape or form. Sadly. Yeah, that was, that was, oof. <laughs> if you want to hurt yourself, watch uh avatar m night Shyamalan's the the last airbender movie i i haven't heard anything yet about his new one uh old where the the creepy beach that like time is wacky and like your kids turn ancient like within a few hours or something every half an hour is like an hour of your or a year of your life or something like that i think is oh yeah me neither i'm I, I, I sat through signs. I'm never gonna sit through, sit through another M Night Shyamalan movie. Really, shines shines signs is one of the few that I actually really enjoy. Like signs is probably my favorite one from him. All of that, and it's the water that fucking kills them. Come on. <laughs> well, isn't that the water. same thing from uh, War of the Worlds? Like the original Orson Welles. It's uh, or not. Orson no, Welles. it's it's H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-
and and D and D nerds. <laughs> I want to know what they're going to do without Jessica Walter. Sadly, you know, she just yeah. passed. I think before this one was made, I'm guessing. So it's so, like she was such a good part of that show. Yeah, actually, there is a quick bit at, towards the end of the trailer where she is in it, and it does sound like her. And I think the okay. article I read said that she. It looks like she at least voiced the character for some of the season. I don't know if it, she completed the season or maybe it was just a small bit. Don't know. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Don't know if they replace her or if they acknowledge like they, who knows if maybe they kill the character. I didn't even talk about Bob Odenkirk. Oh shit. He had a, was he it a, had heart a fucking heart attack on the set of Better Call Saul. Oh man. Oof. I remember seeing like a, as soon as I saw the news, I saw a follow-up that his brother said, like, guys, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, that came about twelve hours later after the fact. Yeah. Um but the internet was freaking the fuck out. Like I saw it across all platforms like Twitter, Reddit, yeah. Facebook even. Like not Facebook Bob. <laughs> not Bob. Uh, that, that was one thing that brought everybody together. It's like not fucking Bob. Not Bobby. No. Do you guys that- watch uh, go ahead. I was gonna say uh if you guys I don't know do you watch uh, I think you should leave on Netflix by chance? The name sounds familiar but I I don't I haven't caught it. It, this is one, another one I'm going to recommend to you guys. It's by uh, an old SNL alum. I think Tim Robinson is okay. one of like, the head writers and kind of the showrunner of that show. And there's a scene with uh, Bob Odenkirk in the latest season that is mm-hmm. just really good. It's pretty funny. And okay. overall, that series is great. But I was, I was really happy with that, that sketch. Tim Robinson. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I mean, Bob Odenkirk, he's had quite a renaissance, uh, I mean, for a while now, ever since Better Call Saul. Well, even before that with uh, yeah, Breaking he Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. So. Yeah. I mean, he's had a long career before that, but I think as far as, like, big success where, like, I mean, everybody knows Better Call Saul now. And, well, he uh, was, a, he was a, a writer more than he was an actor. Um, yeah. Like he was a writer on SNL for so many years. He was a writer, I think, for Letterman for a couple of years. Uh, he's yeah. done a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he was more with... comedian. He did the Mr. Show stuff with David Cross way back in the day. Um, and then I think it was, well, I don't know if he did anything else before that, but Breaking Bad seemed to be where he turned to dramatic stuff. And everybody was like, holy shit, what an amazing dramatic actor. Um and I really want to see that movie he was in this year, Nobody, where... It looks interesting. I his, heard, his version of John Wick, basically. Yeah, I heard great things about it. He's uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd is in it, too. Um, and uh, But yeah, the I, I've been trying to avoid spoilers, but I guess it's very relatable because he's not a super assassin like John Wick. Like, he gets... It's more of, like the everyday man getting the shit beat out of him, but he just keeps on going. And so it's like you root for him more. And it it sounds like a lot of fun. I don't think it's free anywhere yet. I think it's, you can probably, yeah, it's like digital rental right now, like five bucks or something, but definitely, definitely on my list to get around to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you everybody for joining another getting off topic podcast. You will raise a glass to Rachel Weiss. And, uh, and the many hotties of The Mummy 1999 live on forever. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, another one I still have to get around to. My my sister's been hounding me about um, Doom Patrol. That's the one where with uh, Brendan Fraser, isn't it? Um, well, he's I think he's just voicing like the big robot dude or whatever. But yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that. Anyway, okay, guys, thank you for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Andrew. And uh, well, and Meg. Meg's left the building. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Adios. Adios.